All right, is everybody still here? There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Yay. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all social media platforms. Search the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out the website, sociallysensitive.com. What was the motivation for people to attack Joe Rogan? Just because he had a guest on his show. Money. That didn't. Because he gets double. He gets 10 times. He gets 10 times the viewership that CNN does. They want him to come. They want him to be destroyed. They they think the that if they fly. could get rid of him, because people, they think the if they get rid of him, people will watch them. People are never going back to them. No, they're not. They don't care one way or the a, other. When you watch any of that Project Veritas. When you watch any of that Project Veritas insider stuff, you know, all those hidden videos and the, you remember the ones on all the COVID stuff and those mm-hmm. people could care less when they were, you know, all that hidden stuff. They could care less about COVID or about this. It was all, we're pushing this story. We were doing the, the death ticker on the screen. We were, they didn't care one way or the other about saving lives or stopping the virus or doing anything. They wanted eyeballs. Because it was all about control. P- control. Right. For getting the about, eyeballs like to the show. And they had it planned out. We're going to go from, we're going to slowly transition because COVID's not going to last forever. And then he even said, our next thing is going right into global warming is going to be our next big push. He said that over a year ago. I think you're being, I think you're being incredibly naive. Why? About the whole thing. It's not just money. It's not just money. It's control also. Well, control is the money. You get the money by, if they could kill, if they could kill off Joe Rogan. Control of individuals. Right. They want all these people to think that all, everybody is evil, but them. So we can tell whatever story we, negative story we want about all these other people. So they'll come to us. You don't think they would want Trump back in there? I think they want Trump back in office. Because that's the greatest thing for the ratings. If he gets reelected in 2024, I think CNN would love it. Now, they'll trash him all four years, but I think they'll love it. Because they know, ultimately, there's nothing he can do to stop them. But I, I don't think it's this big... I, I don't believe in grand conspiracies. Because I don't think anybody is organized enough to pull anything off. 
Mm, yeah, I don't. They were they they talked about a new world order back in the eighties, and now they're talking about it now, and it's coming to pass. They were saying it was coming to pass in the eighties. Yeah, but they were during Gorbachev. During Gorbachev, they were putting. They were saying it they was were putting bricks in place. They were putting bricks in place. Yeah, and this, this and this thing. is the biblical end days that is constantly. Like I said, I just I, number one, uh, it's I think it's it goes beyond just money. There's there's a level of control of the individual, just like with the mandates. That's that wasn't about health. That no. was about you got to do what we say or else. Right, but I think uh, I think how, the how government. How is it about health? How is it about health when the shot that they want you to take is it going to keep you from getting COVID, and it is it going to keep you from spreading COVID? Right, but you got to do it for your neighbor. It, but it, nothing about that shot's going to. Do it's not going to be beneficial to my neighbor at all. Right, it's not even going to be beneficial to me. But do you think you Nancy Pelosi could care less about controlling people if it doesn't put millions in her bank? Did you see the new budget? Five point what oh, four trillion dollars? Five five point four, I think. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they want to. Everything needs to be a crisis. Because then they can kind of get the people behind, well, we need to fix this. We need to spend, you know, everything is spending money, spend money, spend money, spend money. As long as you think there's a crisis, we're like, well, we're an emergency right now. You got to, you know, that's what your emergency fund is for. You know, you got to spend it right now to get out of this emergency. Problem is they're always going to create a crisis or a crisis will always happen and they'll take advantage of it or a lot of it, sometimes they'll just make up a crisis. It's not really a crisis. Something that's, here's something that happened, and then now we're going to make a huge deal out of it so we can, you know, we can start this program or we can start this agency. Uh, we need to look into, you know, how how is, now that COVID is kind of, people are finally done with it. Okay, we still need to start all these agencies and all these groups to study the long-term effects now of COVID. We need to spend $400 billion on this program to make sure, you know, everything is, is a ridiculous money spend. And I, because I, I think all that. of that money, they're not spending it just because they like to spend money. They're spending that money because it all comes back in one way or another. You know, kind of like the Hunter Biden stuff and Joe being the big guy. And, you know, money is always they're not on the up and up as far as doing everything the way the IRS wants them to control money. I guarantee it. They've got money flowing into their banks or into their offshore accounts or wherever they keep their money, hide their money. You know, if, if that was the case, it wouldn't be, you know, you make. $200,000 or $400,000 a year and you know your net worth is now in the hundreds of bill hundreds of millions. I just think money is most of the time is the root of all of it. They do everything to get more of it because they can never have enough of it. Now, they do like the power. Now, I think the ones who are I don't know the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks and you know those type people, I think they're they're in it more for the the game of it or the Gary V he likes he likes the game you know instead of the end goal i don't know how many politicians go into politics with the idea that we're going to change the world and stick around very long without becoming 
self-serving. Now, there's probably some, but I imagine the ones who aren't self-serving don't go very far. I don't think I agree with that very much. Uh, who other than Trump? I mean, look, and at, Trump was, look at Nancy Pelosi. That was, she's look 100% self-serving. She's, and she's gone very far. Right. That's what she's I said. I said, I don't think anybody who's not self-serving has ever gone very far. Mm. If, if, if you... Okay. If you go into it, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the government, for the people of this country, to help the people and to help this system. You're not going to be, you're not going to go very far because you're going to get eaten by the system. You have to figure out how to play the game. And then as soon as you usually start figuring out how to play the game, the money, you know, you're corrupted by the money because you've got this organization telling you, well, hey, to get reelected, you need this, you know, because once you're in there, your job isn't to get all this stuff done. It's to secure your next term. So you need to start figuring out how you're going to do your fundraising, your campaign, you know, finance stuff. So you've got all these different organizations coming at you with money to help with your campaign. And they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts because they want you to vote for stuff in their way. So stuff always comes down to the uh, the highest bidder, I would think, because half of that stuff people don't even vote on. I mean, they don't even know what they're voting on. It's like take the, this bill in uh, Florida right now, the one that, uh, you know, the right is calling it the anti-grooming bill. The left is calling it the don't say gay bill. And what it's actually is, is a parental, you know, basically a parental consent bill that the parents should be involved in decisions and they should have knowledge of everything that you're taught and what is taught and can't be taught. And the parents need to be involved other than your former governor who thought that parents didn't have any right to have any say in what's taught in the school system. But that's why he's not your governor anymore. I agree with that. That you, uh, Parents should have a say in what's yeah. being, being taught. But, but this, you, the fact is you've got teachers that are saying, I will not obey this law. Right. But that that's why they're passing that where he just signed it. DeSantis just signed it this week in Florida. But how the left attacked mm -hmm. it was, no, we're not fighting against the parents having rights. We're saying they slap the don't say gay on it when that has nothing yeah. to do with it. Well, they've got a they've got a they've got a couch it in the worst light possible. Right. That way they get traction against it. That's why the right needs to start doing stuff like that. Anytime any state comes up with a, a anti-abortion law or any sort of abortion reform or type thing, they need to attack it like they do and start, regardless of what the bill actually says or does, they just need to start calling it like the please don't kill your baby bill, you know, something to the far extreme, but they don't, they, you know, the right just doesn't play that game most of the time. But like on this one, they were calling it the, what did I say? They were calling it the don't. Uh, um, don't say gay. Bill. No, no, that's what the left was calling it. But the right was calling it anti-grooming bill. Right. Anti-grooming. Yeah. Because they're saying well, only, only pedophiles certain, would be. I mean, I don't have a problem with, you know, you don't need to be talking about sex to my five-year-old kid. Right. Period. In kindergarten. Period. You just don't need to. Homosexual, heterosexual, any sexual. Uh, there's nothing any sexual kind of, needs no, to be no talked about. Of, no, not at five years old. No. 
And if that kind of question comes up in class, then you kind of brush it aside. And then you as the teacher bring it to me, the adult, and say, hey, look, your kid's got these questions. Right. You, know, you, you may need to be aware of. But they don't want to do that. And this is what kills me. For years and years, we hear about uh, how all these teachers organizations and everything are like this. Or they're like, uh, you know, we're me, the teachers and the parents, we're a team, and we really want to get your input. And we want you to be involved in your kid's education. And now it's flipped totally on the reverse side. I've heard statements from teachers that are saying that since DeSantis signed this bill that I will not comply. And I enjoy being that place a, a kid can come and that their parents doesn't know about to, to talk about things of this nature. Right. And they'll get in trouble. But see, like, but most of the teachers you hear talk about it, the stuff they're talking about isn't has nothing to do with the bill. If you read the bill's only yes, five know. pages, so there's not much in it. But like they're like, well, the, I watched one video. The guy was saying that he, him, and his husband, that uh, when his children uh, in his class ask him about, he said, like, let's say me and my husband we go um, surfing for the weekend, and you know, he said now because of this, if my children ask me what did I do this weekend, I can't say, well, I went surfing with my partner because then they'll say well what's your partner and then i can't why get can't into the fact simply why can't he just simply say i went surfing this weekend and not even bring up the fact of a partner right well he can but he what's can wrong? he what's can still he can still bring up the fact that he, he ha has a partner too there's nothing in this that restricts he that he doesn't want to do that I went. I went surfing with my male partner, my right. husband. Well, I think a, a I think He's a lot of them, and he wants to be able to have that. He wants to be able to have that conversation with a mind that is not fully matured or fully developed, so that he can get the hooks in them. Well, see, I that's don't. What I don't. Do. I don't put that kind of thought into that. Ever that's everybody's intention. I put it. I now. I think there are some people that that is. I look at that more as that he's just somebody who's not educated on what the bill is. And all he knows is they've told me I can't say gay. I can't imply that I'm gay. I can't tell my kids about that. I'm, you know, in this relationship or that any of that exists and they can. Why does he, why does he feel number one? Why does he feel the need to tell anybody about his relationship? Well, I mean, I, I, I could see a single teacher. I never ask a single teacher about, are you married? Are you married to a man? Are you married to a girl? Who are you married to? I never asked those questions. Oh, I, I never did. wanted to know. I, we used to always talk. I remember we I used to care. talk. We used to talk to, a, remember Miss, uh, what's her name? Our, uh, the math teacher. Um, oh, which one? She was blonde headed. She, we always, we always, no, it never, I don't think ever actually happened, but we, we always, that was our, our teen minds always said that she was having a fling with uh, my accounting teacher and because they were both women. So, you know, they were both young, attractive women. Like, I can't remember my accounting teacher's name. She was, she was in her mid twenties. This it was, she had just started teaching. <laughs> they, because they would run every morning. You would see them run because they were like mm -hmm. really good friends and you'd see them out places. And, but I remember when we would come into school, you would see them running together. Because I guess they both right. went for a run exercising in the morning um, before school. Mm -hmm. But uh, I can't remember their names. But I remember we used to ask her stuff all the time 
about her relationships and <laughs> trying to just get dirt. Yeah. But I never it, cared that much. I didn't want to know. You were too busy reading Tolkien. Very well may have been. We were it's we were too busy picturing two hot teachers together. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I remember <laughs> she she took the my accounting, she took me and uh um remember Chris? Yes. She took me and him to Washington DC on a uh, we went to a school it was an FBLA tournament that we were competing in mm-hmm. in uh, I was competing in programming it was a, a, right. ba- a basic programming class that I was but I was competing in that because we had won we had went to uh, Roanoke for the regionals and won it and then went to state there um, but it was just the three of us her and him and I um, went st- and stayed the it was all weekend long and i was like you could never get away with that today which granted she stayed in a different hotel room than we did him and i were in one room and then she was in the room next to us but because i remember him and i stuck out in the middle of the night just went walking around down <laughs> dc and at that time we weren't but what probably 15 16 which was probably one of the more dangerous things you did in your life <laughs> yeah. walking around dc in the middle of the freaking night yeah, we were like, surely there's something out here to do. You remember when we went up there? Oh yeah, and they told us to what was it? Stay off the, stay out of the southeastern section of Washington D.C. because <laughs> yeah. that's the bad area of town. And for some reason, every road we got onto took us to the Man. southeast <laughs> section of D.C. And we pull up to us to a stoplight, and we're sitting there having a conversation, listening to the music. You look over at me, and you're like, "Did you just see that?" And I'm like, "Well, see what?" <laughs> He's like, I, you know, and you said, I think I just seen a drug deal go down. <laughs> I said, I think we're in the southeast corner of D.C. We need to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Times have changed a little bit there. I imagine. I remember we uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not for the better. I remember Tony and I took a. There was a, a guy we worked with at Food Lion. Um, I think you worked at Food Lion at that time too. Um, we all worked. No, there. I don't think I never worked at Food Line. Oh, you I didn't? I thought you did. You worked at Walmart, didn't you? No. And Pat said, No, no, I didn't work at Walmart either. Yeah, you did. Well, I mean, after I got out of the military, I yeah, did. Yeah, that's why, uh, yeah, that's what I meant when you worked at Walmart because you worked there when I did. Yeah, that was like in 2000 uh, or 99, 2000. I think you had left to do the management program when i finally showed up up there no you and i worked together for a while because i was i was over the third shift crew uh, in grocery and you worked in pets okay david was the uh department manager of pets I at never, that time I, I, I never worked in pets yeah you did stocking always an over yeah an overnight stocker stocking pets always, i didn't stock pets i always stocked groceries you're thinking of somebody else no what huh you what you came no, I to did not work in pets yeah you came to grocery once i left because I went to day shift, and then you went to grocery. But when you first started, you were stocking pets for like the first month or so. No. Yeah. I was always stocking groceries. Third shift, overnight, grocery stalker. From really? my very first day. Because I thought I got yes. Dave to and let you come over there, because he didn't want to let you come over there. Because when you first come I over, think, I was still on thirds. Yeah. And you, but you I know. think you had just left to go do the management program thing when I started there. So you weren't actually there when I was there. Yeah, I was because I worked with you a whole bunch. I remember Did working you? with you. Yeah, because I was I was still yeah. over the third shift crew when you first come over to grocery. But that's why I thought you, 
I thought for like the first month or so you worked with Dave in pets, and then you come over because we usually have you stock cereal. Yeah, now I did stock cereal a lot. Yeah, because that's why I thought I always had you stock cereal, and then you'd help. What was the old man that stocked paper? Um, oh yeah, I know. I'm had he always the, wore the knee brace. Yeah, big old heavy set man. He's kind of a yeah. He was like over six feet tall. Yeah, curmudgeon. <laughs> Yeah, he was a curmudgeon. He really was. Worse so than even me or you. Right. I mean, he was a cranky old yeah. fart knocker. I tell you what. <laughs> there was no making that man happy. But no. <laughs> Not that I tried very hard, mind you. <laughs> Still. But I, for some reason, <laughs> I was, was thinking you worked at Food Line for a little bit, too. And I was thinking you you only uh, stayed for like a couple of weeks, though. I never worked but that at Food w- Line. But that would have been. Uh, now, Jeff did. Yeah. I think Jeff, Jeff worked at Food Line for a little while. But he I, worked at the one in Abingdon, though. Yeah, I believe so. The one it's where you go, where Bonanza used to be, you go over down the hill there, where, across from McDonald's, when the Food Line was down there. That's where he yeah, worked at. Yeah, Was that one. That one. Yeah, now it's up by, well, I don't even think it's there anymore. They did move it over there right where you turned to go across from where Highland Union Bank or not Highland Union, People's Bank on the corner there where you turn to go to Lebanon. Mm-hmm. You know, they built, what is there, like a, a CVS or something on that corner. They built like a little yeah. shopping center up on the hill. There's a Japanese place up there that's real good. Tokyo, It's like a Tokyo Japanese steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they built a new food line up there for a while, but I don't even know if it's there anymore. Um, it's been a while since I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... Uh, there may still be a grocery store there, but I'm not sure if it's food line. Yeah. But yeah, I remember because uh, drive t- around tomorrow and find out. Because I know t- I remember Tony worked at Food Lion because I got him the job there and uh, him and I. But we would sit out there. There was uh, all kinds of nights. We would just sit out there in the parking lot after the store would close out front. Um, you yeah. remember where it was? It's a Harley place or something there now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's Black, uh, Black Wolf, I think, is the name of it. Yeah. But you know there was uh, there used to be a it's little there, house. It's, it's uh, exit five. Yeah, exit five. Exit five. It was exit three back then. But yeah, you there used to be a little hill on the side of the parking lot. The grass would go up the hill, and then there was like a an old haunt. We always said it was like a haunted house. It was just an old abandoned house on the top of that hill, right next to Food Line. Because I remember the night it mm-hmm. caught fire and burnt down when they come up there. But I remember when I first bought my four wheel drive truck, the white Isuzu the lifted one mm-hmm. i had we drive yeah. drive it up that hill but we would sit out there and uh, just drink beer in the in food line parking lot and uh i remember a couple of times we'd sit out there we'd drink and then we'd line the bottles up on the curb and then get gun out and start shooting the bottles and then as soon as you know as soon as we shot we were like oh we got to get out of here and then we jump in the car and take off i remember doing that one time up you were there that day i think we were up at I Jeff's. Probably was. He he went in the house. Because remember, he used to have that old Volkswagen parked next to, he had that little garage mm-hmm. thing. And we'd yeah. climb up on the roof of that garage and jump down onto the top of that Volkswagen because it was all smashed up, beat all to pieces. So mm-hmm. we went up to his house that one day and he went in the house and we were out there and I got the gun out of the car. And we were over there shooting into the side of that car. And he come running out. That's why he was like, "You can't do that." What? That's the one. The one that he had sitting beside the uh, the one that we jumped off on. That's the one that he painted primer. Yeah, black. black. Flat yeah, black. And when it would rain, it and looked nice. The, yeah, it did. And it was also the one that he put all the different colored wires in uh, that caught the, the his wiring caught fire. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> he did. He he showed me. He was so proud of it. It was so awesome. He's like, Wolfie, check this out. I was like, what is it, man? 
he's like, look at this. He goes, I went and rewired everything in the in the Volkswagen. It's all color coded. So all I got to do is look at a wire and I can tell by the color what it goes to and where it goes and all this other stuff. I'm like, dude, that's really, that's actually a good <laughs> idea. That's pretty cool. And I think it lasted for about maybe a week, week and a half. He was sitting at a stoplight getting ready to come <laughs> from the fire. Tennessee side over to the Virginia side. And everything, all that new wiring just caught fire. <laughs> just, and I think that was the, I think that's the, probably the last time he drove that car. Yeah, I think those old those old bugs were bad for that. that. The wire and harnesses catching fire. I think they were pretty pretty notorious for that. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? No, not in a few years. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in years. Um, the last time I seen him, I went down to the uh, Southern Gold Exchange. Yeah. And because I said they did watch repair, Johnny and my owns those. The battery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he owns that one. I'm not sure if he owns all of them or not, but he does. Oh, okay. That one, which it, they may all be his. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not all that up on Johnny's. Yeah, I don't know. I just see stuff. him. Uh, so he he posts stuff on Facebook every now and then. Yeah, I remember us in that was that '55 Nomad station wagon. He yeah, had. I remember riding on the roof the of it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I lost my wallet. Of it. My wallet fell out that one night. We were going through, I think, Mendota or something. And, uh, yeah. and I got my wallet back in the mail. Somebody found it and uh, off my driver's license, put it in an envelope and mailed nice. mailed my wallet back to me. It just showed up one oh, day dude, in the mail. That's, that's awesome. Now, I didn't have any money or credit cards or anything back then. It was basically probably a dollar and a driver's yeah. license and some pictures. Probably that was took, probably it. They probably took the, <laughs> probably took the one or two dollars. That you had in there, bought a box or an envelope and a stamp and sent yeah. it back to you, <laughs> and then kept the change. Yeah, because remember that was a, that was back in the days when you had the little uh, in your wallet, you'd have the little pocket pouches things to put pictures in. You know, now mm-hmm. everybody just has all their pictures on their phone. But uh, right back in those days, yeah, yeah, you would actually keep pictures in your wallet. I remember that. But yeah, I also remember riding on the top of that that, that uh, station wagon. Yeah. Going through the country in the middle of the night. Yeah, we were. I was talking about that, telling the story. <clears throat> so I remember doing that on top of Bowman's, that little MR2 he had one time. Um, <laughs> I uh, climbed up on the top of it and sitting on the back deck of it, you know, where the engine was, you know, because engines in the back in those. But like sitting on that back mm-hmm. deck at the rear window, holding on with my hands. Um, I was just kind of on my knees on the back of the car holding on mm-hmm. with the, he had the sunroof open in it. So with my hands open, right in the sunroof for like a handle to hold on to down in the, and you know, and he, you know, takes off and we, we go up from his house right there where Valleydale was and shoot up on the 81. He flies up 81 <laughs> to exit four or exit seven now. And, yeah. you know, we were cruising like 120 on the interstate with me on the top of his car. It's crazy. And that's what, you know, which it was dumb to do when it's not any more difficult to do or like walking on a sidewalk. You can walk on the sidewalk up the street and you're fine. I said, but if you did a suspension sidewalk across the Grand Canyon, the same width, you wouldn't walk across it. You'd be afraid you'd fall off. But when's the last time you were walking down the sidewalk and just fell off? It's all in when you start looking at you like, oh, it looks more dangerous. I can. I can remember that uh, day, David. Uh, <laughs> I had I a little bit too much to drink. And and... Had, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And uh, we were walking back up to the barracks. And uh, I don't know exactly why I had turned around and was walking backwards. But the next thing I know, I had tripped off the sidewalk <laughs> into the road. 
But yeah, oh. what started that story with talking about Tony back when he worked at Food Lion, uh, him and I worked there together. And there was this other guy, this, uh, he was a little bit older than us because at that time I was probably only what, 20, 19, 20. So Tony was like a year younger. Um, and then yeah. this, this guy was probably in his mid thirties. He was a, mm-hmm. a, a stalker with us. He didn't have a car. He would ride a bike to work, but mm-hmm. he uh, found out something. He had to go up to D.C. for court, something in, uh, um, well, actually Alexandria. He wasn't in D.C. It was in Virginia, but he something he mm-hmm. had done that he had to go to court for up there. So Tony and I offered to uh, drive him up there. Um, mm-hmm. We were like, well, we'll make a, you know, a day of it. And uh, so we took him up there that more early that morning, drove up. We got there. And uh, we were like, well, he, you know, it was like, it was supposed to be like that afternoon. Um, and it turned out they got postponed to like the next day. So we were like, so we had to stay the night. So we just kind of were like, well, we didn't have any money. It's not, we couldn't pay for a hotel or anything like that. And so we, mm-hmm. we, I remember we drove around all night just looking at stuff and just kind of hanging out. And we ended up sleeping in the, in the car in a grocery store parking lot. You know, we were like, oh, we're going to get we're going to get killed. We're going to get mugged. Somebody's going to kill us. And, you know, we went through all this because we were like, well, we'd you know, like to stay in a hotel, but we don't have no money. Mm-hmm. But we went through all of that. And the next morning we took him and he got finished and then we were leaving. And on the way back, we I remember we stopped in Roanoke and uh, went in the mall and was looking around in the mall and he started buying stuff. And it was like, he's like, you got money? <laughs> He was like, yeah, and he he had like a ton of cash with him. That guy, mm-hmm. I was like, why did you not pay for a hotel for us to sleep in last night then instead of sleeping in the car? And he was like, well, I didn't want to waste money on that. It's like, well, <laughs> he like, wouldn't go waste money on you crackers. All right, we drove all the way up there <laughs> to take him to that, you know, and that's uh, a long drive. Right. That, that is a long drive, and he didn't have the common decency to say, hey, I know, you know. Thanks for bringing me up here. I'm going to spring for a hotel room since we got to stay another day up here or stay the night. Remember Tony? He got pretty upset over that, too. Yeah. I I think it would have made me mad, too. To chalk (laughs) it up as a learning experience. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I told that to a guy today or uh, last week in jail. I'm going in to make my round, and he comes up to me, and I don't know why it is he wants to come and tell me his story, but some of them do. And I'm just like, why? I don't want to know this stuff, but you're going to come tell me anyway. And so he's all mad at this woman that's been doing him wrong. And uh, I think she got away with a couple of thousand dollars from his bank account or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And he's talking about he's wanting to hire a lawyer to sue her and get his money back. And I'm like, dude, it's going to cost you more money in hiring a lawyer to get your money back than the actual money that she took. Yeah. So you're just digging a deeper hole for yourself. I said, my opinion, you just write this one off <laughs> as a learning experience and just leave her alone, never talk to her again, and just drop it. I said, you're going to save yourself a lot of hassle and a lot of heartache. Just leave it, just walk away from it. And he came up to me uh, Monday or Tuesday and he's like, uh, Russell, I took your advice. I'm like, well, <laughs> what advice did I give you? <laughs> he's like, about the girl and the money. He goes, I'm just going to. Chalk it up to a learning experience and just leave it alone. I said, you'll be better off. Yeah. Trust me, you will be better off. Here's another good one for you. I had a guy, he came out of cell 10. I was walking out from doing my round. 
he comes out. He's got this little drawing on a piece of paper. And he's like, I'm thinking this is going to be my next tattoo, Russell. He goes, but I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this little piece down here at the bottom. He goes, do you think it looks better with it or without it? And so he's taking his finger. He's, he's, he's doing this. With it or without it? With it or without it? So I take it away from him and take the picture. And I'm like, with it, without it, with it, without it. And I was like, I think it looks better with it. And uh, and I hand it back to him. And I, and I turn. I took like one step away from him. And then I turned back around and I said, now, when you say your next tattoo, what you're telling me is this is going to be the next tattoo you get once you get released from this facility because you know you're not supposed to be tattooing here in the facility because of sanitary conditions. Mm-hmm. You could get staph. You could get hep C. You could get any number of, of, of diseases with some kind of homemade tattoo gun and probably using a staple as a needle. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, Russell. That's what I mean. Work those days. We were off for a few days. And then I came back. And he'd come walking out of cell 10 again. And the very tattoo he was showing me is on his neck. <laughs> and I'm like. So you're not a smart fellow, like, I see you? Just, I, 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 so I, I looked at him. I said, I see you decided not to wait until you got out to get that tattoo. And he just kind of grinned at me. And I was just like, I said, you realize you're just making trouble for yourself. I said, you may, be a, you may have dodged a bullet. And you may continue to dodge a bullet. But eventually it's going to catch up with you. And you're going to get something. And I said, and I'm not, I'm not wishing it on you. I'm just telling you it's a fact. It's going to happen. And then I just turn around and laugh. It made when you started saying that. It made me think of this. Here, I'll play this. All right, Nelson Walker. Yes, ma'am. There you are. All right, you're charged with stealing a dolphin jersey. <laughs> hmm. Um. <laughs> he wore the evidence <laughs> to court <laughs> 20 he was accused Very of stealing nice of a Miami's dolphin jersey <laughs> he wore it to court he, he wasn't a bright one no no he's not oh yeah we didn't talk about that the new what's uh, that the new NFL rule and yeah, what's that the NFL is requiring now every team all 32 teams has to every team has to hire their an their offensive coach has to be either a minority or a woman it's a requirement well that just sucks you have for example the NFL which has announced that they are going to create rules that force the hiring of women and people of color you know it's actually a violation of the civil rights act hiring people because of their race that is a violation not only of the Civil Rights Act. It's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. But the NFL is doing it now. According to NPR, at an owner's meeting this week in Florida, the league announced other diversity steps as well. A six-person committee of advisors from outside the NFL to review the league's hiring practices and a commitment by teams to increase diversity among team owners, a fraternity that's almost entirely white. The NFL says teams have to actually hire a, quote, a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority as an offensive assistant coach in 2022. So it's now a make-work program for affirmative action candidates over in the NFL. Why? Because, after all, we are also racist. We are also racist. I guess time to get off of here. Alrighty. Been a long one. Um, so, uh, um, so you said you're going to see Batman tomorrow? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. See, I just have no desire to talk about it now. I don't know. Well, okay, that's fine. I mean, we can. talk about it. I, I honestly don't know if I'll remember much of it. Like I said, even when we come out of it, we didn't really have a whole lot of urge to uh, 
Now watch, you'll go see it tomorrow and love it. I think it's the best Batman movie they ever made. Hmm. That was possible. I mean, I, I don't know why I don't like it. Because, I mean, I can't put my, like, thumb on it. Other, The direction is where, if I would put it on anything, it would probably be that. Because I like the story. I like the characters. I like, uh, I like the look. The look is amazing. Now, it's really, really dark. It's incredibly dark in the shadows. Well, for it to be the... For it to be the best Batman movie I've ever seen, dude would have to play an excellent Bruce Wayne. Maybe you'll like it. Because uh, I I like the, the concept, and I like the where they took Batman, and I hope you like it. All right. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again, and see you next time.